Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the More Jody podcast. I'm the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself all the time. Trust me, I was born this way and it really can't be stopped. This season, I'm sharing powerful conversations and we go deep right off the hop. Sometimes I'm even thrown off by it. Nothing is off the table. The goal of this podcast is that you will laugh, cry, and realize that you're not alone in your struggles, your challenges, your hopes, your dreams. But I have a warning for you. These conversations will make you want to do more, dig deeper, get honest and curious with yourself, and live braver, bolder lives. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Hey, 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 friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday, March 9th. There's just something about March, and maybe it's because I live somewhere where there is green around me, but March just feels like the promise of spring and summer and that like the darkness of winter is over and the true cold of winter is over. But I know most of my listeners are in Alberta and that's only half true, but definitely a hopeful time. So today I'm, I'm really excited. Actually, everything I talk to you about comes out of my own conviction and my own learning and growth and all that stuff. And something we're going to talk about today is generosity and service. So I know that sounds really lame. I was like, I couldn't think of a catchy title. Um, But we've all experienced it before, that tingle of happiness that floods your mind when you give something to someone else. And indeed, although I could not find this research, but research shows people who are keen to do good are more likely to rate themselves as happy. This is the power of generosity. It benefits the giver and the receiver. So I found that on Google. Um, But (laughs) my friend Jolyn was like, you need to look up the science behind um, generosity and acts of kindness. And every time I looked it up, it was like my computer basically died. I was like, that question breaks the internet. The internet is like, I'm only going to give you garbage. I'm not going to give you good stuff. So anyways, I couldn't get an answer to the science behind it. But the real reason for this episode is that last week when the war broke out, I have a Russian neighbor who I love dearly. She has been here for six years and with her family from Moscow. And she was she is brokenhearted over this war and wants everyone to know that Russians are against war and Putin and they don't want this war and that the world, she feels like the world has a um, misconception of Russian people and she's afraid of like being canceled and all those things. And in sitting and chatting with her and listening to her stories and just being with her in her sorrow, I was so overwhelmed that I couldn't fix it and that I couldn't help her. And it made me sad too. Then I was at the store and I saw some daffodils and this friend of mine is like a ray of sunshine. She is sunshine. Her personality, her spirit, everything about her is so bright and sunny and joyful and hopeful. And to watch her be sad just broke my heart. And I saw these daffodils and I thought these daffodils remind me of her. So I was like, I'm going to buy those. And then I'm like, I'm going to get her some chocolate. And as much as I could just drop that off, I thought I should like wrap it up nice, even though it's a tiny gift, wrap it up nice. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to give her a card. And then I'm like, I'm going to tell her why I love her in this card and why these daffodils to me remind me of her. And so I did that. And doing it filled me with so much joy. Immediately I was taken by how focused I had been on myself. How in this moment, doing something for someone, being intentional, thinking what she would like, thinking that what would make her smile took me out of my own self-loathing, misery, um, 
fear, stress, it took me out of it. It was like I couldn't be in all of those dark emotions and be in a place of generosity and giving and all that stuff. And so it was a really powerful experience. And I thought, wow, like I really want to talk about that. I really want to talk about how I've been so focused on myself. And if I could, you know, stop thinking about my fears, stop thinking about worst case scenarios, stop thinking about what could go wrong, maybe I could focus on loving other people and maybe that would change me as well. Um, so just a little disclaimer, this isn't meant to bring guilt or shame. Um, I've just spent the week, like I'm playing the blame game in a lot of areas in my life. And this Sunday at church, I was really convicted about the resentment in my own heart towards so many people. And then I heard a quote um, and I couldn't find it. It was on a, a podcast called Unpacked. And he was basically talking about how... Um, resentment is like the last thing before a relationship is done and I was like well basically my relationship with society is done because I'm so full of resentment but and I got to work through that that's something I'm working through but it was just really interesting to me thinking about what sort of stuff can come from resentment and sitting in self-loathing and all these things so feelings are a notification feelings are a notification of other problems. It's like how your ankle is broken and it hurts and you can't walk on it. The feeling of pain is what alerts you that something's wrong. So this was a feeling. I really, I noticed this. So no reason, no need here to bring guilt or shame to other people, just kind of bringing your awareness to this. So we, we have, we make a lot of complaints. We, we do a lot of blaming and I was noticing um, I'm wanting more depth in my newer relationships on the island. Um, but what I realized today was that I need to bring the vulnerability where I want to see vulnerability in relationships. I need to bring the generosity that I would hope to have when I need it. I need to bring the love the way others need to be loved. That's not about me. And isn't that like the golden rule? Treat others how they want to be treated. Um, but I always say, what is in the wake behind your boat? What do you want to leave behind? And what impact do you want to make? So when I think about my impact in the last year, I don't really feel like I'm making a lot of impact. And that's okay um, because this is new to all of us navigating this the insanity that's around us all the time. It's new to us. But as long as we keep stepping forward and having these thoughts and conversations like I'm having with you now, this one-sided conversation where I do all the talking, um, as long as we keep having these conversations, we keep growing. As long as we keep opening our mind and expanding to like, why am I doing this? And what is this feeling coming? What's this stemming from? Um, I think we'll just keep growing and moving forward. So I, it got me thinking, like, what impact do I want to make? What's a value I want to be known for? Now, Bob Goff is one of my favorite authors. My favorite book, probably one of my favorite books, is called Everybody Always. He is a wonderful man. He preaches inclusion. He loves Jesus. He points you to all the right things and truths. And he says... In the book, which I quoted last week, and why can I never remember the name? Dream Big. He says, our ambition should point us towards the legacy we want to leave behind. Aiming for a legacy of generosity where you give away both your time and your talent is not a bad place to start. Ask yourself, am I living out of my top priorities and my most beautiful ambitions? And is that showing up in my choices and actions? I paraphrased that last sentence, but I'm going to say it again. Am I living out of my top priorities and most beautiful ambitions? And is this showing up through my choices and actions? 
So if I want to be someone who's generous, loving, and kind, but I'm sitting in my house stewing and festering in my funk about all the things that could go wrong and are going wrong and all the injustices and all the frustration and the division in society, what am I accomplishing? Nothing. There's nothing in my legacy that I am accomplishing by sitting at home and doing that. Um, and it's so easy to sit and stay mad. So so I, I was aware that I had been completely self-absorbed, that I've been making choices that lead to destruction, um, choosing to consume media that's mostly full of lies. Then I also engaged in the underground media narrative, um, which I really do believe to be accurate from independent media and stuff um, that aren't paid. But there's a lot of doom and gloom there. And just because I think it is true does not mean I need to know about it. Or just because it is true doesn't mean I need to know everything that's happening. Um, now, with once again, take it with a grain of salt. I still think you should know what's happening um, in your government. I think you really need to know what's happening, especially because when you can see how dark the world is and how many people are bought and um, how capitalism works, you need to, you can't be an idiot. You need to be smart about it. But where do you get those, where do you get that information and how long do you sit with it? So um, I think I'd just been taking in more than I needed to. And I'd been focused on like worst case scenarios and not thinking of where others are at. I pictured everyone against me always and at all times. Like literally, this is how I pictured it. Um, I've created a narrative that I am 90% alone in my convictions and that there's no point engaging with people anymore. Like other than the people that I'm really close to. Um, because I literally felt like everyone else's heart was rotten. That is like super twisted. Even as I say it out loud, I'm aware that that is like... That is definitely the, the, like when I think of the tape that you see on like CNN that plays, it's like that was the tape in my mind. Um, and so I didn't want to engage with other people, especially new people. And I'm in a province where I don't know a lot of people. So I'm mostly, usually, mostly engaging with new people. So I had created my own mental prison where everything is meaningless and community will only hurt me or let me down. And although that's partly true, that's not totally wrong. That's why you have to have your ride or die friends who love you and care for you deeply and always and unconditionally. But the, the tape that was playing wasn't totally true. And I didn't want to be vulnerable with anyone I came in contact with. And then I was sad at the lack of depth in my relationships. So full stop. Um, are you making assumptions too, like me, and in what ways? So you're going to have to think, you're going to have to sit and think about that. What assumptions are you making of other people around you? Um, and when you hear this, like this stuff that I'm saying, first stop and analyze if any of these things, if you're doing them too, or if you're not, that's okay. That's great. If you're not, I'm super happy for you. Um, I know that I, I would tell you if you asked me that I love people most. People are my biggest passion and joy. But if I take time and look at my day-to-day -day and how my week is structured in the last, well, while for sure, it's all about me. And now that I work from home and I don't lead people, um, I'm noticing because I led so many people before that I think that kept me always thinking about them. And so I have a lot less stress because people are very stressful, but I realized it's kind of led me to think a lot about myself and kind of um, get really focused that way. So obviously I serve my family and my husband and I care for more than just myself, but it's really not reaching outside of my home. And I know we have to remember that capacity is an important thing to consider, but guys, I have a ton of capacity. I probably have more energy than most people do on like their most energetic day. 
And it's just, it's me. I've always been this way. I'm thankful for it. I love it. I get a lot done. Um, but I know I have a ton of capacity and I know I have not been using it. So if I ask myself the question, am I living out this value, this value that says I love people and they are my biggest passion and they are my greatest ambition is to care for and love people, um, then I'm not creating what I, the kind of legacy I want to create. And what is living selfishly creating in me? Dissatisfaction. So I heard something interesting. I heard a guy say, you can say that you're pro-life, but that's not enough. So he said, to say you're pro-life doesn't mean you just take a stand about abortion if you're going to do something like that. He said, you have to let your actions speak your values. So that means you volunteer at a pregnancy counseling center. You get involved. You put yourself in, inject yourself in. It's like people who care passionately about the homeless. And they're like, homelessness is a problem and whatever. Well, they need to get involved in it. It's like my kids were really bored with the Sunday school at church. And bless their hearts, there were these like 70-year-old ladies leading it. Well, guess what? 70-year-old ladies are wonderful and great bakers and super kind and good at taking care of you. But not when you're 12 years old. You don't generally want to hang out with 70 year olds. And I, I thought about complain, not complaining, but like I realized I needed to step up. I needed to volunteer my time. I needed to put myself in there instead of complaining. So it's like, let your actions speak your values. What is it that you value? And are the actions the proof of what you value? What do you value most? And where do you spend your time? Sometimes we go all through the day doing everything we've committed to and it's just all about us and a me-centered life isn't fulfilling now granted obviously from different seasons different times in your life that's just the way it's going to be but recognize and maybe even just owning the fact that you're in that season but it's not bringing you joy but you know you're going to be out of it at some point but I think it's all about being in awareness because I think a lot of times when we are dissatisfied we want to blame others we want to pass the buck and really there's still a lot we can do ourselves so what is stopping me I talked last week about a buzz in the brain around the current tension in society I told you how Monica could not go in and um, meditate until she or she couldn't go teach yoga until she had like calmed her brain down because there's just this buzz and I always say that Satan is here to distract and confuse you and we could not be more distracted or confused so um I think when we we would often would like to just wait for something to pass which probably a lot of us were thinking like eight months ago but I don't think we can do that anymore and I think that so many people are living in some kind of fear. I know my fear is fear of humanity and what they are capable of when they disagree with others. That's literally my fear. Um, many people are afraid of getting COVID and dying. And in the good book, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. So if you think back on all the fears you had in the last two years. So if yours was like me, fear of humanity, or if yours was like someone else, fear of dying of COVID our worst fears didn't come to fruition for the most part. So, so like mine didn't. And on the flip side, less than 1% of you died from COVID. So I think those are like, like you maybe have thought that 90% of people would have died. That might've been your worst fear. But the, there's a quote here by Bear Gorillas or Grills, however you say that. I know he's cool. 
and strong um, and can get you out of the woods. But his quote is, being brave isn't the absence of fear. Being brave is having that fear, but finding a way through it. What does your way through it look like? So thankfully, taking this time to reflect has, has made me very aware that my worst fears didn't come to fruition. And that's great. A lot of them did come to fruition, but not to the same degree, nor did they impact my life to the same degree I thought they might. And so they didn't benefit me. Sitting and stewing in those, in that negativity did not benefit me. So how do you find your way through it? Um, And so last week we talked about finding joy, finding energy. In fact, I brought something in here today. Monica in our mastermind today said she was going to list 10 ways to reset her energy. And immediately I wrote down, of course, dance. I'm like, remember, I'm a terrible dancer. Like this is grotesque dancing. Um, Brain dump on paper, pray, exercise, um, go for a run. I guess that's the same as exercise. Um, Talk to a friend, go grab a coffee, sit in front of a view and just like take deep breaths, you know, do some yoga. What do you do to create energy and bring energy into your life? You know, sleep, Epsom salts baths, listening to music with your eyes shut, just like being. We're so bad at just being, aren't we? Um, But are you doing things that give you life? If you're too scatterbrained and not focusing on the right things, life will literally pass you by. It's funny because when years ago I had a coach and I was always focused on my, you know, think my tasks I was working on and my big vision and all these things. And then I decided I wanted to take a break from coaching because I just didn't want to focus on anything. I didn't want to care about anything for a while. But what actually happened was I didn't sort my thoughts out because I didn't have to. And so I actually just ended up super discombobulated. So unintentionally living wasn't easier. It actually felt more stressful. Like I was on a road and I didn't have a map and I didn't know where I was going, but my car wouldn't shut off. So yeah, so it's like everything has a flip side. So ask yourself, what small things in your life have become big things? What things are you giving more energy than necessary? And what are you giving energy to that doesn't benefit your life and is just pointless? Maybe social media. Maybe you spend, like, when you get that notification each week that tells you how much time you've spent online, like, full stop. I think that is a moment to be horrified. Like, imagine you applied that time to something meaningful. Now, everyone knows, like, don't sit here and blame me. You know, like, oh, she says, Like, sit and think about yourself honestly. What are you taking in? What are you looking at? Maybe you're looking at good stuff. Um, I ended up deleting my Facebook app and then I had to reactivate it for something last week and I was annoyed. But recognizing that hearing my relatives, like, say mean things to each other about COVID wasn't making me happy. (laughs) So what do you need to cut back on? And, like, see how that changes your life. Um, I know a lot of people give stuff up for Lent. And generally, if you ask somebody who's given something up, like they have some huge epiphanies that come from the space that's created from making a sacrificial choice to remove something. So I've cut back on a lot of stuff lately. I feel more joyful than ever. I'm, I'm thinking not just about myself. Um, my prayers aren't just focused on me. They're focused on many other things and people. And I'm noticing that it's changing my output, changing the input changes the output. So I know addictions are strong for all of us and but we have to make choices, hard choices if we want to live a good life. 
And some advice, though, don't do it alone. We are made to be in community. Um, Spread good influence and joy. I actually thought, grab someone, grab a friend, and make a plan to do something super fun for somebody else. So if you live in a town and you have a couple different girlfriends, grab a girlfriend and be like, let's make a plan to do something nice for Sarah. And go execute that plan together. That's bringing community. It's bringing joy. It's going back to that whole, it takes a village. And when you look at that saying, it takes a village, we have taken this village and completely shut it out. I know I have. I didn't have a village here to begin with, I guess. But um, we have to be open to community and we have to take action. Um, Grab a good friend that you usually don't hang out with and go out for the night. Get creative and don't put boundaries around stuff at first. Just be like, we're going to have so much fun. So I think it's really important to be intentional, to think about these things. And I think it's important to um, like be the change. That's funny. Oh, I have it in here somewhere. Um, We have to, if we want certain things in our life, we need to create them first and give them away and then they'll come back to us. So lastly, Bob Goff says, loving people the way Jesus did is always great theology. Know your beliefs, understand them, devote yourself to them. Then take all of that and make it your ambition to be part of a loving community and you will live well. If you want to access your ambition, place a high value on community and kindness and you will find them. Community doesn't have to feel heavy. It can feel beautiful. Um, And I just want to remind you that you can be love to someone else today. And maybe you've forgotten that, but do not let the world distract you any longer. Stay mindful, be joyful, give away your time and your resources, love others and watch how that, how that translates in your life. And that is how you hashtag be the change, be the change you want to see in the world. So I hope you guys have an awesome week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please send this episode to someone that you love that might benefit from a challenging and yet hopeful conversation because we're meant to live beautiful lives, even even in tough times. And I actually think in a lot of ways, if we're open to it, we'll see more beauty in hard times than in easy times. Because guess what? We are made to do hard things. Have a great day, everybody.